Welcome to the SEG Church Daily Devo Podcast. Glad that you joined us. We're getting some of our questions, answering some of yours, and giving some of our thoughts. Hey everyone, Pastor Autumn here. Welcome to day four of Send It. Today we will continue to learn about service and specifically service within the church. God built us for service and he built us for community. The church is where these two things come together. Let's get going. Today's scripture is from 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14 and 24 through 27. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Today's Devo is titled, The Crisis of Church. Yesterday, we touched on the fact that believers are called to contribute to the body of Christ, His church. We are going to spend today and tomorrow exploring that calling. These past few years at SEG have been a bit wild. We have emerged from the pandemic energetic and strong. Our ministries have rebounded. We are strong. We are thriving and we are growing. Unfortunately, this is not the case for most churches in our nation. In the United States, we are currently experiencing the largest and fastest religious shift in the history of our country, as tens of millions of formerly regular Christian worshipers nationwide have decided they no longer desire to attend church at all. About 40 million adults in America today used to go to church but no longer do. A recent Gallup poll indicates that, for the first time in its history, more Americans don't go to church than do. Chances are you know one of these 40 million people, and chances are You want them to come back to church. Why? Why is it important that Christians go to church? Contrary to what you might be hearing in culture, there are actually a bunch of social and health-related reasons why going to church is a good thing. Church has a restraining influence on its members. It teaches them to live morally as good citizens and holds them accountable to a higher standard. The vast majority of hospitals, charities, and universities were started by churchgoers. There is also strong scientific evidence that shows a correlation between going to church and our significantly lower risk of mortality, drinking, smoking, hypertension, heart disease, and psychological distress. One study states that church may be an underappreciated resource that physicians should explore with their patients. Going to church is good for our country and good for its people. But more importantly, going to church is good for Christians. It's good for us as individual believers and as a community. When we commit to following Jesus, we become part of His body. This is a vibrant and diverse group of people who are bonded together by their love and commitment to God and each other. We need each member of this body and they need us. The church is the primary avenue of Christ's work of sanctification in our lives. It is here that He uses His disciples to form each other into His image. The many one another commands scattered through the New Testament can only be carried out in the church. We have a calling as believers to use our time, our talents, and our treasures to build Christ's church. In the midst of this nationwide church crisis, we need to do our part to throw our front doors open wide and welcome back the brothers and sisters who left. 
They need the love, comfort, and community that only Jesus and his church can provide. We are called to work, called to serve, and called to build the body of Christ. We will receive the true blessings of church, not when we simply sit and consume, but when we get out of our seats and begin to live in sacrificial service right here in our own church. Hey guys, uh, day four, thanks for being here again. Uh, we are today gonna be talking about serving in church um, and really the importance of church, um, why it's so important that we that we have the church, what's kind of the point of church. So my, my initial question for you guys um, to get us going is, um, why is church a good thing? Why is church a good thing? It seems like there's a lot of people out there right now who don't think that church is a good thing. Why is church a good thing? I um, got the opportunity to go to a local college, Biola, and uh, sit in one of the classes. And um, I asked how many people wanted to be in ministry in some way. And the class was maybe 45, 50 kids or so. And these are people that are getting a ministerial degree in some capacity. And uh, I was struck and sadly saddened by a, a reality that a lot of the students that were in there, probably 75% of them, wanted to join parachurch ministries. Mm. And that was sad because I, although I believe the parachurch, parachurch ministries are, are, are incredible and, and very helpful um, and with humanitarian aid and elsewhere, and elsewhere, but I was sad by the reality that God didn't leave a parachurch. He left the church. It's the one organization that he left back to do what James was talking about a few days earlier, which was to expand his kingdom, right? Um, I can't, it's the single most important organization on the planet. It's also the only organization that doesn't exist for its members. This is for the people who are not here yet, right? To reach the lost, those that don't have a relationship with them. So I can't think of a more important organization than the church. Yeah, David Hesselgrave in his book, Church Planting, he says that, you know, all of human history um, is the scaffolding behind the church. And when it all comes down, the only thing that's gonna be left is the church. And so if we're not building up the church, we're not doing anything worthwhile that's gonna last. Mm. And I, I have always, I took that to heart because I, I come from kind of a parachurch uh, ministry. And after I read that, I was like, okay, I need to be invested in the church. And I, I really feel that the church is good because it's diverse and um, it's not a silo, an echo, echo chamber where you're just hearing what you want to hear. It, it's, it's, it's more than that. And it's, it's challenging it's offers support to you. And I feel like my experience, I, I, I was a missionary in Indonesia. And so I came from a strong church and I went to where there was no church. And it was one of the things that when we came back to the States, the thing that I looked forward to the most was getting back involved with the church of, of a body believers. Well, like, what do you think if you could pick one thing, the biggest impact that the local church has had on your life, what would it be? Me personally? All of you guys. Um, I would say having people that are in different life stages from me that, well, I would say specifically having older people um, invest in me throughout my life. Older women that weren't my parents um, invest in me and speak into my life. Um, you know, even she's going to be mad at me if I say that, but she is older than me. But Connie has invested me in me incredibly. And um, she, you know, it's like I, I have my mom and lot, pretty much a lot of people have moms, you know, but 
it's only in the church that you can find mentors and people who are just for you and for your good um, that want to invest in your life and move you forward. And so that, that I would say is one of the, the big things for me. And then the other side of it is having other people that I can invest in and, um, and to do that. So that would be me. Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's knowing that there's other people like me that are interested in doing the same things that I'm doing that want to get out and share their faith and they, they're out there doing it. And so it encourages me to do it and I can encourage them to do it. So it creates synergy that way. I guess for me, it's first a brother-in-law. No, just kidding. Uh, uh. <laughs> I guess uh, on a serious note, it would be- um, How about a father-in-law? A father-in-law too, yes. <laughs> and a wife that also came in there. Um, no, a, uh, a new model of how to do things that was uh, extraordinarily more hope-filled than the one that I had been up, that I was brought up with. And so, yeah, the first would be uh, a new model of how to interact with finances, relationships, uh, God himself, all of, all of the above, and then mentors to walk me through that new model that helped me step into a life that with outside the, you know, iron sharpens iron, without the community of the church, I'd have not been, I would have not experienced the joy that I get to experience today and have the life and opportunity that I get to have today. Yeah. I think uh, I could probably list a ton, but the one that comes to mind first is a it gives me an opportunity to do life with like-minded people. So um, I think about all of my friends. They're all from the church, you know? They, and it's not just because I'm a pastor. Like, it, whether I was a pastor or not, um, that, that is my community. Those are the people that I do life with because we're all heading in the same direction. We want to raise our kids in the same ways. Um, we invest in one another because we have the same worldview. And so um, for me, the church... Uh, amongst other things, uh, I think was a place in which I can find people to do life with. So for me, it, it's interesting. Over the years, my the church has always been essential to me, even when I was a teenager and out trying to run away from the church and God and all that I knew to be right. Uh, and God doesn't really let that happen. Right? Well, it's hard to run away from God. He kind of is everywhere. And, um, but, and, and then as a, it was a place to come back to to come back to Jesus. That was a big thing for me. I needed it. I needed the healing. I needed the hope. I needed the focus. I needed the mentor. I needed all the stuff. But then as I moved into ministry, I, I really realized it was a time where there had been major failures by Christian leaders on television and moral failures and just nastiness coming out of certain parts of Christianity, kind of like today. And uh, I found myself trying to sell people on the church, helping them understand why the church is so powerful. It's interesting at this point in my life, I'm less inclined to sell someone on the church and more inclined to tell them they're ignorant if they don't take it serious. <laughs> is that, is that, uh, that may be a little harsh and I might not say it in those terms, but I think if you can't look around the world that we live in and the problems that we all see, if you've got your, your eyes open and realize something needs to be changed, and if you would take even a moment to try to find a place, a person, a power that can change all this, the church is the only hope of the world yeah. through inducing people to Jesus. Think, think about poverty. What, what makes you most likely to end up in poverty? Living outside the lines that Jesus painted for us through Scripture. So why can't we take a generation and teach them how to live inside the lines? Well, because it's not popular. So I think, and you've influenced me a lot, Cody, on this, is that I'm not sure the church is going to be popular going forward. 
And I'm not sure we're supposed to be. Because if in order to be popular, you've got to ignore the truth of what Scripture says and what Christ did for us, then let's not be popular. Because the hope that everybody's investing them, so is it, whether it's political correctness or, or consumerism, whatever, it's all baloney. And so, so the church exists to call each other out on our stuff. Mm-hmm. Where you're going is not going to get you there. Yeah, you're going to make a bazillion dollars and your kids are going to be drug addicts. I don't have a problem saying that to a workaholic because it's true and it's all based in Scripture. So for me, the church historically has been comforting and healing and centering and all that. Going forward, I think it's going to be truth. It's got to be truth and it's got to be put in, in a way that I could say that from the pulpit. It might be harsh and people might get offended. But if I say that as a friend and we've been meeting together, we've been golfing together, whatever it is, and I say that to you as a friend, as a, as a fellow Christian, you gotta, you got to deal with that. You got to come to grips with it, and I think that's what the early church was. And I think for me, um, the church—I'm done with the making fun of church, and I'm done with the shying away from. Well, I'm a Christian. No, I'm a Christian. And if you're anything else, I feel bad for you because you have no hope. You have no answers. I'm not better than you. I'm in the same hot mess that you are, but I have hope because there is a different person. There's different principles. There's a different way to live, and I think it's becoming more and more obvious. It's funny you say that. We, we were at a conference not that long ago, and at the conference, the ministry conference, they, they pretty much apologized for the church, like the entire first half of it. And I walked out angry. I was like, yeah, I know how imperfect the church is better than anyone else in this room. I've been this in this my entire life. I can tell you horror stories, but um, it doesn't, the church, the church may have some things that it's done wrong, but the church itself, still the best thing. it's still the best thing. It's still the only hope, you it's know? It's the best plan. And so um, I agree. I well, think, think about the societal ills, because you're the ones, you you saw this coming. You began to get in my ear about this 10 years ago, about you don't understand what's coming. You don't see the society that's coming. And you were right. I didn't. I was still seeing a society, and I knew thought I knew the battles we were going to fight. I was clueless. I was naive as could be. And now all this stuff in the last 10 years has hit the fan. But the reality is, if the church did its job, uh, so many of the issues that are causing our prisons to be full, uh, causing just babies to be born out of wedlock, if the church was doing its job, loving, caring, and teaching the truth, Mm -hmm. changing the culture, even internationally, think about this. Would there be wars if the church was the church? Would Russia be fighting Ukraine if both of those churches were pure and serving Jesus? Would they? Would they be calling their leaders to, to, to truth, to real justice? Uh, because you say, well, they're Orthodox. No, no, it's not Jesus' church. That's something else. If Jesus' church, and we really belong to Jesus' church, society would start changing and people would start taking it. I'm not saying they like it. Right. I'm not saying they like it at all. They didn't like Jesus very much. Right. So for me, the church is, I think, and I think you've really influenced my thinking on this. Maybe I've gone too far. Is uh, is something militant. That we need to be militant against the darkness that we're allowing to exist around us. The darkness in the media, the darkness in entertainment, the, the darkness in the way we kind of wink and, and nod at people divorcing their spouse, saying it won't hurt the kids. It will absolutely hurt the kids. And it will hurt you forever. You won't get over it. And I'm not mad at anybody who got divorced. I just think if somebody could have come along from a very early age and said, nope, nope, here's how we do it better. Mm-hmm. And, and to think that somebody else, government, 
educators, and we also got the answer. They don't. It's the church. Amen, brother. Or father, I guess. <laughs> We're going to um, continue to talk about this tomorrow. Um, it's kind of a big topic. And so um, we're going to go ahead and stop there and, um, and we'll, we'll get to kind of go, go to part two um, tomorrow morning. So thanks. Okay, now we're going to turn it back to you, our listeners. If you would like to learn more about this topic, our main resource for today and tomorrow's Devo is The Great Dechurching by Jim Davis and Michael Graham. We have some questions for you to think about as we close today. Question one, do you feel like you are part of the body of Christ? Why or why not? Question two, how has God blessed you through church? What benefits have you seen in your life? Question three, what are you currently doing to build Christ's church? How are you using your time, talents, and treasure to do this? Question four, do you need to change anything about your approach to serving the church? Thanks for joining us today. We hope you take what you've learned and begin right now to apply it to your life. If you'd like a digital text copy of the Devo, you can download it on our website at scgchurch.org. Talk to you tomorrow.